0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to uh, our our live. What are we calling this? A fireside chat? Is a, a workshop? One? It's or our second one. or third. Third
1: one. Third, third live live <laughs> workshop. So we're uh, obviously we have a podcast that we do every week, and we curate a book, and now we've added a reinforcing tool. Uh, this live zoom uh, workshop that we're actually going to broadcast on our podcast so if you're listening along in our podcast uh you will actually this will actually be an episode as well yeah. uh, but a workshop interactive workshop a place where you can ask questions you can interact we can you know visit on different ideas about the book and this week this book and we're getting backed up with books this book is uh, dare to lead by Brené brown Brave work, tough conversations, and whole hearts. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's an interesting thing about um, podcasts because it's not like like most platforms you can engage, you know, under the video. There's different. We're like, how do you how do you get in touch with the people that watch, you know, your your podcast subscribers? And this has been a blast so far. Good way to answer questions and stuff. And
1: yeah, last um, week was good. We're getting a lot of questions offline about about the book. So if you have questions about. about this book or actually any book in general we've we've now curated 25 books So we're reading a book a week so if you are following along because the big thing i hear when people talk about books they don't have time to um to read yeah right yep so we, we do the reading for you we, we break it down in the best ideas from the best books and we put them to you in a usable way and we share them in the podcast we share them in our posts and we share them here on this live workshop
0: yeah. And there are, it's tough to read a book a week, but there are certainly like, there are process. you can put things in place so that it works. You know, I always talk about Audible being, I think the biggest hack that's changed my life, just right. just utilizing that. Um, but in next week's book, not to make things too convoluted or crazy, but, um, you know, he talks a lot about that and just putting systems in place that allow you to succeed. And, um it's been helpful, you know. That's one thing Corona's helped me do is like, uh, the, God, it sounds awful to even say, but this whole quarantine thing has helped me do is like really structure <laughs> Which my, corona? Uh, my yeah. day. Yeah, What's true. it help me do? Just like the, the absence of anything, like we've been here. And so right. like if you can't plan out your day and be methodical in the morning when you have nothing to do, you have no hope. Right. <laughs> so right. it's right. like it's been a great, uh, a great time to really
1: get that down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I have uh seem busier for some reason. I I'm not traveling, so when you don't travel, you don't have the um the free time in the airports. I used to kill another book. Oh, we, interesting. In the airports, yeah. yeah. So it's like now I I did like twenty five Zoom meetings this week, and like that's that's a lot. It's a lot of computer interaction. It's it's good. It's super efficient. Yeah. I mean, ideally, if you're reading these books, uh, you're going to come up with great great ideas to build a message, you're going to come up with great ideas to uh, model your business, and then you're going to have great ideas on how to uh, how to expand it and share your message on social media and not have to work from anywhere in the world. But if you do work from anywhere in the world, uh, you better get used to working in video conferencing.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Which I think is a totally different sales process different
0: animal different approach yeah 100 oh, yep. well you by the way uh, anyone in here who has read uh taylor i know you said uh she asked a question actually oh she already look yeah, at that <laughs> all right
2: i'll read it for you so from taylor uh Brené talks about the careful balance between work and play <laughs> and awesome. how too much work can be detrimental to our, to our overall productivity what are your thoughts on work and play balance how do each of you separate work from play if you do at all Mm. Jeez. Thank you. For I, have
0: a, I have a weird answer to this one. That's a, it's a great, great question. I I don't like uh, in a lot of ways because my work is my play. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but I just love like writing and the same stuff that literally is Your World Within and my platform, Books to Business. I do it anyway. And so I really, it is my free time and my work time. But what I will say that helps me a lot though is changing scenery. Like, yeah. it be, you know, like being in one room, my my office is right next to my bed, you know, down on the other side of, of uh, you know, here. So it's like if I don't move around, things become tedious and kind of blend together. And that's why I go on 90-minute runs. I'm like, I just got to be somewhere different.
1: But... Um, yeah, we started yeah. this podcast in a... Um in my, my apartment on, on Hollywood Beach. And it was a small two bedroom apartment and we were, we were starting to grow. So this is a big studio. If you turn the cameras around, there's like six cameras on us, lighting and all that. And we're looking at the challenge of getting either a bigger, bigger place, um, maybe off the beach or getting another, uh, renting a studio, renting an actual studio and getting, you know, keeping the place ahead. So we actually live in uh, a hotel here uh, that has, you know, it's all all glass. It serves as a good studio, but it's also a pretty well designed place to live. Uh, one thing to answer Taylor's question I, that I I've struggled with is I uh, can't go anywhere right now, so I do get a little bit of cabin fever right now. But normally, I like to break the day up and go out to eat or go for a ride on my bike, which I have been doing. But it'll be nice when the beaches are open, the pool open today. I was in the pool. It did. Oh, I how was in it? It was nice. Everyone had it's masks. Cool. There was no one down there. <laughs> Swimming. <clears throat> it was empty. Oh. And everybody had
0: yeah. <laughs> picture like a an apocalypse. You can't type.
1: sit next to somebody. That's it's like even if you go down with a guest, you gotta sit six feet apart. So none of the chairs are together. That's but, a
0: dream anyway. I hate when people sit on top of you with <laughs> <at> the pool.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, but separating um, you know, work from play is the challenge, you know. You gotta you know, I heard someone say once, if you gotta take a vacation from your work, you shouldn't go back. Mm. But at the same time, if you're always working, even if it's enjoyable, you need a break to I think it helps the creative juices flow.
0: To reset. Yeah. yeah you need to you need to step out of something to see clearly back in. Right. You know, that's why I like Again, sometimes I feel like I say things so many times. It's like, but like my like walking, thinking, being by yourself, because it allows you when you're outside of the minutia and the day-to-day and the stuff that you're doing, instead of being reactive, you can actually think and analyze and be like, well, what am I trying to do? And why was I, you know, why did I have four meetings before noon with these people? That has nothing to do with what I want to do in the long run. You know, it just allows you to think. I think it's a powerful thing. We forget to think.
1: That's right. Yeah, it requires uh, stillness to be to be thinking. Yeah. Sometimes you got to try to invent things to do when you're when you're uh, stuck inside all the time. But we yeah. got a lot done. I mean, one, one thing that was kind of interesting as uh, that I enjoyed about this book is I got a lot of questions about this book because she she came onto the mainstream as a as a speaker and a research person and she left corporate America to talk about her research. She, she researched shame and did the big Ted talk on vulnerability that went viral and you now people were becoming more vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, which is an expression of connection for 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 people. But then she connected the dots back to speak to a business opportunity. She became really big. Oprah kind of endorsed her. Anytime Oprah gets a hold of you, you, you kind of take off. And then she brought it back to corporate. So she's trained SEALs and, and government leaders and teachers and. And all kinds of people on you know the concept of vulnerability as it relates to leadership. Right, we're seeing a lot of that with. Uh, I just saw a debate in uh, local Miami Beaches debating whether or not they should open. And I think there's like three mayors in Miami Beach, South Beach, and Miami are all different towns. But I think they all feed off the beach, you know. So if right. the beach is closed, like everybody's dying for business, so they're they're trying to open the beaches up, and they think it's because Miami's kind of still. Still hopping a little bit down here.
0: Yeah, well, they're going to open everything up May 1st except Miami-Dade and Broward, and right. that's, that's tough. Which is where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But there's a um, quote, and actually, I don't know where I put my phone. Oh, um, I have a few questions from people that couldn't make it on Instagram. They responded to my story. But I, I had a quote that I love in this book, Yeah. and I forgot to, to bring it up last time. But, it is, here we go. In the absence of data, we will always make up stories. And I thought that was such a powerful thing in the context of so many things, particularly entrepreneurship, because, you know, we need to fill the gaps that, like, the the gaps of information we don't have, the questions we have, the uncertainties we have, we always fill them with some explanation, and, so often they 're wrong they 're fabricated they 're made up they 're based on our previous experiences and she talks about that like if you don't have a numerical explanation if you don 't have data or trends over time you 're making things up you you're 're you're, yeah. you're authoring a narrative that may not be real and i 'm like dude this is so good is 't that like silly. the
1: movie in your mind that you run sometimes you run it you run a movie like when you get mad at somebody uh, I think she she was visiting on a, uh, a fight she had with her with her with her husband when he didn't have the, that the ham sandwiches in the in the house or ham oh, that's house. a
0: perfect one yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah and he made a comment when she was like under pressure to for a deadline for her book and and, she, and he made like oh, no ham in the house right. right and she blew a gasket like she had a you know early in her mind she's ready to go to war over this guy because she's working and, and writing a book and staying busy and she talks about uh, chandeliering. And we talked about this in the podcast. Chandeliering is a medical term when a doctor's probing for pain in your body and they're kind of touching areas to see, does that hurt? Does that hurt? And like tough people will say, ah, that's all right, even if it hurts. Right. So I've had it before, you know, they touch, you know, where you hurt, like, oh, my, my liver hurts. And like, they, they put your finger in it. does that hurt? It's like, oh, no. But if, it, if you hit a chandelier, it hits a nerve so bad that you just go right to the ceiling. Right. And you, no matter how tough you are, you can't hide it. Uh, but chandeliering happens in you know emotional chandeliering because they hit a nerve, and then you invent this story in your mind of what's going on. Like, what did that comment mean? Right. And that's an example of what you're saying. Like he, she didn't have all the data. She wasn't in the ref, in the kitchen with him. Completely made up. And she put all these things together and was about ready to go to war, um, which I thought was a cool thing. Like. Like, it's relatable, yeah, and um, so interpersonally, and then,
0: like Steve and I do it all the time when we're trying to figure out YouTube algorithms. It drives us insane, you know. Like we'll be like, <laughs> "Why? Okay, this probably didn't do well or didn't get a reaction because of this, 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 this." Right. No evidence, no nothing. But like, I swear to God, we could look at each other. Like we'd just make up these stories as to why things are happening. Because right. we need to know. Like we got to figure it out, and um, it's such an interesting thing. The yeah, one.
1: We're the same. We had a big spike in our viewers last week. We have no We, no we kind of know why. There's like an extra thousand people watched our podcast. So someone picked it up. Something on Spotify. Yeah, like we got it to there, which how many people are on Spotify now? Like millions of people? We have no idea why. And in the absence of that, we'll make up stories about why we did well. Was it, was it what I was wearing? Was it what we said? Was It <laughs> It was your shirt. Yeah, that's, yeah. It must have been, yeah. It's such bullshit. <laughs> but what, what, uh, what I liked about this, this book is when she, she said something, I've already used the technique myself, when I, when I <laughs> chandelier and I'm ready to, to blow my gasket on someone, mm. the technique, she says, is, well, the movie that I'm rolling in my mind right now is that you did this and you feel this way about me. Like in this case, she goes, well, the movie, her, her husband's name's Steve. She says, well, Steve, you know, the movie I'm playing in my mind right now is you think I'm lazy. You think I have no time for this family. You think I didn't go to the grocery store. You think I don't care about you. And if that's the case, you can uh, go blah, blah, blah. Right. And then He's she like, said- I was just hungry. <laughs> yeah, he said, he says, well, I do the shopping. I just didn't have any food and I wanted it for myself. So that was- uh, it's called chandelier. It's a good part of the book. And if you're like, if you're pissed off at somebody, and you don't want to, you don't necessarily know how to broach the subject, or you're just like for whatever reason annoyed. And we have other other ideas. This book called The Tools with Barry Michaels um, talked about this too. Is like there's a way to have a difficult conversation that is very clear you know, that, that that says, I'm feeling this way. This is what I'm telling myself based upon the information that I have limited now. Mm-hmm. I don't have it all. I'm inventing part of this. So tell me if it's true. And then you can kind of bring someone along with you and say, this is what I'm seeing. Like I had another incident with some training that I was doing for a company and, you know, I'm not toot my own horn, but I know what I'm doing in this space. And it was like 50% uh, vacancy, like half the people weren't there, and they all had like legitimate excuses. One person said they didn't have a computer internet connection. You know, I was like, well, that's not unacceptable. Right. <laughs> so I'm that's chandeliering my head, like, well, my in my old world, you know, I'd send you a nuclear missile. You know, in a, in <laughs> the in the form of a reprimand, and which would be, you know, sooner sooner or later that that that, that relationship would end. But you got to, um, I had to ask questions. I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, you don't think this is valuable? You didn't you weren't resourceful to find a computer or a phone you can get on the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the individual told me they had a family incident that was perfectly logical. So I didn't, um, in my mind, I didn't do the well. I didn't do it well. Yeah. But you don't, yeah, you're in, in the absence. It's, it's funny how the story is always
0: the negative thing, right? It's right. not like, Oh, he loved me so much. He couldn't bear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh, a good one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, um, the video I put out Tuesday, this right. is a formula. That one, it's something I'm passionate about. I've done it before, it's done incredibly well before. And I'm like, this is going to go to the moon. I finish it, you know, pat myself on the back. And not so, at least so far. And so your mind goes, well, maybe it wasn't good enough. Maybe. And a lot of the times it's like you change a thumbnail and the, the same video gets x many views you know um it's it's n- what's it called the first story you tell you <coughs> tell yourself that comes from sort of the insecurities and the person you don't want to be it kind of culminates into that first story um oh, oh, she calls it a shitty first draft oh the shitty first uh, draft yeah, yeah yeah and that's never that's never what yeah. you want
1: it's the story i'm telling myself bad stuff
0: bubbling up yeah, yeah the
1: shitty first draft um yeah because usually if you don't have the data in a in a in a in a interaction with a peer or a colleague or a subordinate or a or a uh, boss, this works for anybody. You're making up part of the narrative, and you and if you don't seek out the truth, you'll never have a relevant dialogue about the whole situation. Right, right. Yeah, you know, the shitty first draft. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a funny one. Yeah. Or uh, again, she says if you're talking to kids, you can go stormy first draft, but same,
1: same the concept. stormy, the
0: stormy, the, the stormy, for, stormy first
1: draft. Um, my mother's on. Hey, mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I, I like what you talked about, Ed, when you talked about um, you can't give somebody what you don't have. Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. Uh, I heard a John Jordan quote, John Gordon quote. Do you know who that is? I don't. I've, let me look him up. I'll look him up and I'll uh, reiterate it. But what he said was. It was just a tweet. It was like, encourage someone today. And encourage means in, encourage. So like instill some courage into them. And that was a cool way to think of encouraging someone is like, you're literally filling them with the courage to go do it. Same thing with like the empathy she talks about. So it's like, you're there for somebody, you give it to them. But you have to be empathetic with yourself
0: first. It was interesting. God, I love that. Yeah. Because it's like, if if you're coming from a place of insecurity and doubt and shame and all these things, how are you going to you know, instill courage in someone else. I like that too about with
2: the vulnerability because she talks about uh, vulnerability. You need courage. So as a leader, you think like vulnerability might be weakness. And it's kind of, I was thinking like, how do you show vulnerability without like losing credibility or confidence? But if you remember it's courage, then the people around you will be like, oh, he's courageous for doing that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they see that through your vulnerability and then they have a more trust environment with you. But
0: it affects the culture.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really... Interesting. I have a question for you. Um, how do you know if you're leading the right team? Like how do you know if there's a factor that your leadership's ineffective or you're not leading the right team for you? Cause you know, like you can't just force anybody under you to like follow the way your le- uh, leadership strategy goes. But it's kind of an interesting question that came across my mind.
0: Where would you take me as a former I, CEO? Uh, I mean,
1: I, I remember reading the, the, our previous book which which is, uh, Start With Why and Simon Sinek's book which should be right here but the you know you can't motivate people to follow you forever you can motivation basically you can pay and bribe them you mm-hmm. know it was like I needed a chair the other day and I was like oh I speak bribery right it's like give a give a guy 20 bucks to give you a chair but you can't inspire people to, uh, you know that's like you want to get first line you can once in a while, bribe somebody or motivate them or incent an employee or pay them well and temporarily get buy-in. But you need to inspire. You need to inspire. And when you inspire, you need to connect the dots from, you know, what it is you do, but first say, you know, why. You know, we're gonna we're trying to like the reason that Eddie and I do this podcast is first of all, we read books anyway. And, you know, we don't make any money doing this. You know directly we we give like legitimately everything away on the podcast so we give away the free podcast on Tuesday we give away the, the this we don't sell anything on this on this venue we do consulting and we do a lot of it but if you have a library card you can buy these books you can curate the book's along with us. You can read along. You can, you can listen along. Um, and we know it directly and indirectly through doing this. We're going to help entrepreneurs right. uh, break away. And, and uh, I call it break away from the grind. Yeah. The grind is you know why I got sick. I got sick because there was a bazillion loads of toxicity in the life I was leading, mostly because of the pressure. Books bailed me out of that.
0: It always comes from a place of like personal pain and recreation you know to yeah. happiness like this was your bridge and now you want to give that to other people right you know I was, I was talking about that this morning it's like why do you do this and it's like well because i learned that if you look at things slightly differently slightly uh, whatever uh, slightly <laughs> differently like your entire life can change yeah and i just thought that was, i mean that's when everything started for me And i'm like wow all i'm doing is realizing that You don't have to stay within these two lines and there's a whole world out there. And Mm -hmm. like why wouldn't we want other people to know that and have that
1: and that'll inspire people to start reading? I mean, I know I know a lot of people that that, uh we're kind of stuck in their lives and we've inspired them to read. Like read books. This is free knowledge. Like everything in life I think can be connected to an idea that was written about. Anybody that has a life like one that you that you have and want has written a book or talked. On a video platform about how they did it, exactly how they did it. Right. Most of the time, like Ray Dalio and Principles, like his whole book, you know, he's a billionaire. And like he basically gave away his entire blueprint for how he built um, his company. Was it Stonebridge?
0: Um, I forgot what it was. How do we Stone not bridge. know this? No, it was um, uh,
1: bridge something bridge. but Bridgewater. I mean, Bridgewater, Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah, I, I forget all the bridges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he he built this big company and he wrote the principles in life and business. How he became very successful. All the algorithms, the steps that he used to get results in life and business, yeah. and in you know investment management. Uh, you buy that book for twenty bucks.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <so funny laughs> you guys, this guy's
1: life is work for twenty bucks you can get it at the library for free if you still I mean yeah that's what i like about books you can you can get these ideas and completely recreate yourself with i think less than 4 books another sneak peek into next week
0: brian moran talks about that exact thing yeah. you can have someone's blueprint but it's all in the execution right. that's where the key is you can have the best ideas you can know exactly how jeff Be- bezos created amazon or mm-hmm. kobe learned to shoot um, RIP but it's if you don't execute it really doesn't matter and that hit home man I love that
1: yeah some people I'm, I have a lot of financial advisors that kind of interact with me um, I went through I read this book in 2013 or 14 right and in in reading it I learned the framework for the 12 week year which is basically a cut a year down into 490 day plans like 412 week plans you get done what you normally would get done in in a year, you, you go to 12 weeks, which is 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was in the hospital, and, and the doctor uh, said to me, he, you know, he, I, he told me, he said, uh, he said, have you ever heard of the term MELD score, M-E-L-D? And I said, no. He goes, well, that's the model for end-stage liver disease. And it's the percentage, it's your mortality percentage for the next 90 days. So when he told me for the first time, he goes, yours is 72%. I said, what's that mean? He says, you have a 72% chance of being dead within 90 days. Right? And the first thing I thought of was the 90 day plan. I thought of Brian Moran. So I was like, I told Brian after I lived, I said, Brian, the 12 week year, that 90 day plan, I kind of like knew what to do, like execute ideas. I had to do some things really fast, I got a lot done. You know, and what, and and him being so busy, by the way, took my mind off of. Uh, I was executing like crazy. Took my mind off of being sick. That's when you started mentor box and all that stuff, right? I started reading, and I read the Bible. I read books. You know, I had a lot of time. I, st- yeah. I retired, and then I was just trying to survive. But the twelve-week year is near and dear to my heart. I'm glad. Uh, you know, I'm glad he reached back out to me. We connected. Yeah, that's it's awesome. a great
0: book. It is. It is.
2: Yeah. I got another question here. So. Another one from Taylor. Uh, referring to the assumption of positive intent, do you hold the perspective that people are doing the best they can with what they have? Did your perspective adjust or change at all while reading the book? Kind of two questions. but So did you hold the perspective that people are doing the best? Do you hold that perspective that people are doing the best with what they have? And do you pers- did your perspective adjust or change while reading the book?
0: Um, i 've always believed in giving people the benefit of the doubt. I mean the way she served it up was you know beautifully done and makes you think about it in a slightly different context. but you know it 's always like um, i 'll use politics as an example without going into politics. This is safe <laughs> i promise if If you take like one side versus the other, he 's stupid, he doesn 't care about the country, this, this this she 's dumb she doesn 't get it she's the The reality is they usually have, you know, your, your interests are relatively similar. It's just different approaches, yet we insert these narratives, we assume that people don't care, they're not trying, or they want mm-hmm. only what's best for them. And usually, that's not the case, right? It's just different types of execution. I feel like when you do give people the benefit of the doubt and you assume that, you know, they, they want what's good. They, they are good people, they're, mm-hmm. they inherently care, Um, they just have different strategies and approaches. It humanizes people and you can have these conversations. Um, and when that's lacking in, in conversations or in judgments, I feel like that's when there's, you know, bad situations. So yeah, in other words, that's what I try and do give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, Brene, she talks about it in the terms of, uh, like it was workplace, right? Like assuming that when people are not performing, that they're right. trying their best. Right. That's sort of new to me, because yeah. to me, it's always a, apparent when someone's not trying, or at least I thought that's the story. Maybe that's my shitty first draft. Well, yeah, but um, yeah. it's something that I'm, I'm definitely going to be cognizant of moving forward. How about you,
1: Steve? You tell me to ask me a question so sure. I answer it right.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, no do you hold that, right? the perspective that people are doing the best with what they can have, <clears throat> and? Did your perspective adjust or change while reading the book about whether people are doing the best with what Did they you can you remember
0: have? when she talked about that yeah, in the book?
1: Yeah, I knew. Well, I also lived it for, you know, there's a, we we are human beings and in being human, we have what's called a confirmation bias. We get tremendous confirmation bias, which means we, we always look for things that confirm an opinion we've been taught or we had. Yeah. And we always deflect things that, Conflict with that confirmation, you see that a lot with uh, Facebook you know by the way, every time you like something on Facebook or share it or or comment on something facebook 's collecting data, so they know exactly what you what, what your uh, chandelier is mm-hmm. for political uh, issues like they can they can do that and good good copywriters know what those points are in a person that's performing right um, to answer her question, yeah, I believe everyone wants to live. An honorable life there's very few people that take a job and waste their one and only glorious life underperforming and you know rep you know faking it, it happens but not a lot um, and what I like about the book is the the dialogue that I pointed to like I always get one or two good ideas out of every book mm-hmm. and the one good idea is here's the story that I'm telling myself right now about what I'm observing as your manager as your friend as your coach and I mentor people as your mentor mm-hmm. Like, do you, not, do, you, do you not care about what I'm saying? You don't value it. You don't believe it. You're not inclined to implement it because of me? Or is there something else going on? Because that's what I'm telling you. And if someone's performing or not performing, and, you know, I have biases to think they're lazy. And then she also talks, by the way, about all kinds of predispositions with race And sexual, you know, orientation and uh, inclusion—like people have biases to that too, Mm -hmm. which are very unhealthy. So you gotta almost take everything exactly as it sits. Um, And if you don't have the data to speak to that one point, ask. Yeah. Like, are you? Do you want to succeed? And I had a conversation with someone that was underperforming greatly who had performed well in their lives. And I had a really blank, you know, he thinks he's going to get fired. And I was like, well, I don't think you're going to get fired. I think you need to communicate why the results are what they are.
0: Right. That ties in perfectly to the second piece of that, right? Having the courage to have that vulnerable conversation that no one wants to have. You don't want to sit down with someone and say, hey, you're not performing. Why? You know, you don't get up excited to have that talk. But I think doing that allows it's just, it brings to the table what needs to be said and figured out and clarified. What is it? Clarity is... Kind. Clarity
1: is kind. And yeah. Unclear is... Unkind. Unkind. <laughs> unkind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, if you tell someone, if someone's not performing and, and you don't tell them that, like, it's like going to the doctors. When I was a big boy, I was mm-hmm. over 300 pounds, i go to the doctor and the doctor wouldn't say anything. He'd say, oh, okay, see you next, you know, in six months, DMAC. I learned." like, Awesome, like, like I wasn't healthy, but he didn't come forward and say he's healthy. He or I'm unhealthy. He he kind of like didn't say anything.
0: That sucks because that's literally his one job, right?
1: Yeah. And a lot of times doctors are the one I had was not. You know, I had considered uh, you know having at least a conversation with him, but if someone's in trouble and they don't, you don't tell them, and it's your role to tell them that's a that's unkind. You know, that's not good. Um, and then you know, to the What's the book we? The obstacle is the way. The Stoic would always say, you know, you know, treat things as they really are. Clarity, you know, Mm. and what's in the way is the way. Like that bad conversation about, you know, that uncomfortable conversation. I think you just had one. Did you just have an uncomfortable conversation? I did. You're good at that. (laughs) You're pretty good at that. I got another question here uh,
2: from Dustin. Thinking about courageous times of great uncertainty, what has been your greatest success to motivating yourself and others?
0: What has been your greatest success
2: in motivating yourself and <coughs> others in times of uncertainty?
1: Oh. <coughs> I, I take it. I mean, I know, I know mine. Then go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah. yeah, this is this is an easy one for me. But the, you know, yeah. what, what um, motivated me to. To rise, um, and she talks about this. You know, teach teach people to, to rise before they fall. You know, you don't teach someone to, who's fallen out of a or fallen out of a plane how to land with a, a defective parachute. You teach them before they get in the plane. But this again came from a book that one thing I wanted to do is give myself a reputation to live up to, right? So I didn't want to be labeled who I was and why I got sick and all the things that the, the, the world wanted to def- define me as, you know, sick, alcoholic, had a disease, um, you know, drank himself to death. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be, so I, I wrote a book called Superhero Self. So I wanted to be defined by rising and coming mm. back and putting something, something back together that never existed before. So giving yourself an excellent reputation to live up to is right out of How to Win Friends and Influence People, like that's the that's, yeah. that's the one I've used. I could tell five stories about how you can give someone a reputation to live up to, or if you really want to get power out of it, give yourself one. Mm. You know,
0: that's awesome, and it li- aligns with the two um, what is it virtues that you picked from there?
1: Oh, values. Values. Yeah, yeah. The values. Uh, that's a cool. That was a cool exercise. We she she has a hundred values that she she uh has on a page and she got to pick the the two Hmm. the two values that most closely resonate with the way you want to live your life that's a value is a belief that resonates with the way you want to live and mine were um mine were contribution and wisdom wisdom to teach what i've learned good you know things i've learned that are good for you and things i learned that you shouldn't do yeah and then contribution is giving back. Like this is a form of contribution. I get a lot of a lot of vibe out of this. I like it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Feels good to do. Yeah. It is
1: good. Especially when you get comments and people, people connect with it.
0: Yeah. Mine were um, creativity and legacy. And I think it ties into, you know, my answer about motivating myself and, and others in times of uncertainty. It's just I think the opportunity is it's that to me is one of the most important. Like I follow it constantly because it's always there and there was a quote like in difficult times um you know you can cower because of it or you can rise up and do something incredible despite it and that's really what it's all about right there's there's this premise that there's always a way if you know there's a way Right? And if you're you're confident even in the darkest of times, like not to get too cliché here, but like even when things really feel bad, if you know there's a way to do something incredible, the the question goes from if to how. Like how can I start doing this? How can I start stacking these pieces because it is possible. I just have to connect the dots. I'm responsible for that. And I love that. It's so empowering. It's like always having the keys to to go wherever you want to go and and unlock something that's you know, never been unlocked. So I, I love that, and I love helping others do that. It gives me so much joy. It's so cool, man.
1: Yeah, you 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 like go into your crypt for like hours at a time, and you come out with this masterpiece.
0: I love, yeah, yeah. I love writing. I love writing.
1: The intersection of the written word, interactive video, or, or like powerful video and music. It's really cool. You get yeah. all the senses. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. That's the formula. So you're you're teaching a course on how to, you're teaching. Well, you're mentoring. It's not a course. It's real mentorship. You're teaching a few few creators to, yeah, to step up. I love the yeah, course. You, uh, I don't know what you call it. I, I don't I mean courses are a little oversold. I think right now, but it's a real, real mentorship, real teaching. Yeah, which is it's a mentorship of my, yeah, program. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I enjoy.
0: First time I've ever done that. You know, and it's uh, it's a cool thing. Why? Why did you do it? Um, because I feel like one, I, I'm I'm always hesitant to, like I probably could have taught this three years ago. You know, but I, I really had to convince myself that I was an expert at what I do. And, and now I feel like I am. And so I feel like I have uh, the capability to do it. And just, I love the idea of it the interpersonal, just having dialogue with people that are so interested in. You know what it is that I do because they want to do something similar. They want to tell their story. They want to share it. And the questions you get, it's like wow. Yeah. You know, it brings you right back to when you were on on YouTube looking for answers. <laughs> right, you know, it's right. fun. It's just really fun. It
1: reminded me of because uh, we did a project for a financial company up up the street, and so Steve and I went to go videotape something, and we came back and he said, "Let's make them a ninety second video," right? And you're you're like in and out of your room, and like. Half hour, right? Let's call (laughs) it a half hour. Come back with this amazing video. I wish I could share it with everyone. And it reminded me of that movie, uh, uh, the the one about the Beatles that just came out. Did you see that one? Where the
0: kid was playing the songs?
1: Everybody forgot about the Beatles song except this one guy. So he's pretending that he was writing all the songs to the Beatles. And he ended up with, uh, who's the guy that's saying, oh, Ed Sheeran got in a songwriting contest and he beat Ed Sheeran writing it. I'll let it be. He said, "Oh, I just thought about it. That's like how you write. It's pretty cool." Oh, thanks,
0: man. I appreciate. it. Yeah, when you it.
1: have that that level of a talent, you want to use it, but you also want to share it.
0: Yeah, you it's, to, f- it's yeah. rewarding.
1: Otherwise, man, when you look back, because I know you struggle with legacy being one of your one of your uh, whether it was legacy or something else.
0: Legacy and oh, legacy versus ambition. I didn't yeah. understand the difference.
1: Well, I think how I did it because you have like family and you have other things. I was like, how can you pick this over family? So a contribution. Family for me is included. Yeah, yeah like if I if I'm not contributing, I'm not gonna be a very good father, or yeah. a, or a son or brother. I want to feel that's what that's what gets me at my best. Well, see, I don't want
0: to beat a dead horse because so if you ta- if that's the case, right, and you have these overarching ones, mm-hmm. well, of course ambition is gonna go under legacy. No right. one's ambitious just for the sake of being ambitious. You're trying to build something right. worth sustaining, worth having around, doing something meaningful, and so. It's like, you know, it's, it's the seed and then legacy is the flower. So, how could you have one and not the other? They're right. like, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I get the point, though. I totally get the point. Yeah. Um, before Steve asked us that question, there was, I forget what we were talking about, but there was a quote that like rocked my world the other day. Oh, we were talking about not having, or uh, like avoiding difficult conversations. But it was a Jordan Peterson quote, and he says, um, "If you have something to say, then not saying it is lying." <laughs> that quote hit me so deep. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this yet. I, I'm gonna do something with it. That's but an it's
1: interesting like, concept.
0: Oh, like speak up, share your voice, tell your story, like elevate yourself. You know?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Because you know we're talk about leadership, we talk about leading and, and, and being in charge, whether you're in charge of a business, a company, your family. And uh, I'm watching Ozark right now, mm-hmm. right? And there's a pl- very big part of this book is as a leader, what do you say versus what you don't say? Like right now we have lots of opinions on, on what the country should do and shouldn't do. There's 50% of the country who hates the president and then the other half loves the president. There's a massive polarity. And there's some truth in there. There's information and data that no one knows either side and the leadership team. It's not just the president have to release information. Right. And they're going to, you know, there's going to be a backlash, good or bad. Like some of it could be mass hysteria and financial fallout, like, like likes of which has never been seen. Yeah. Um, but in Ozarks, the family, the husband and the wife are laundering money for the, the Mexican drug cartel. Right and then the kids are getting little pieces of information as they go and as it gets becomes more evident that something's going on like the FBI's raiding the house and people are getting beat up. They start telling the kids you know the information. Yeah, it's like hey, you know, we're working for the you know, then the you know, it's really interesting. I'm like in season two.
0: They start. God help it me. I've things. started
1: watching that crap. I usually don't but I had to. Yeah, I, you gotta, I, t- I tapped out. I uh, needed, uh, wait, I, needed something.
2: I think something. This is actually more Mar- Mar- <laughs> Groucho Marx quote I think it is It really is it might be, Groucho Marx is real? Yeah he's a real person um, I thought you were being This uh, quote uh, is really good About TV too You're gonna like it It was um, <laughs> TV's really interesting Every time it turns on No I learn a lot From TV Every time I turn on A TV comes on I go in the other room And read a book Or something like that So it's like Indirectly learning From
0: TV It was oh, funny I was, Just trying to bring Shame to Terry over <laughs> there.
1: What, what, what I saw today I, 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 Actually the news Was on when I came in For some reason <laughs> What are you shaming? I actually didn't tune you out. I know you, Did you? you ra- hear it was a
2: good joke. You would have liked it. The, the, the Groucho Mark joke. Listen, listen. <laughs> what? TV's very interesting. Every time I every time it comes on, I go read a book in another room. That's how interesting it is. Is that like it's not interesting. It's like a, exactly, yeah, but okay. you learn something because you're going to read. That's the point. Oh, I see. I yeah. see.
0: <laughs> film is interesting. That's a hard. I like that's, TV. I mean,
1: so you got to try your jokes out. It's like testing an it's ad. It's just a quote know. from Groucho. I'd like to Groucho.
0: hear. <laughs>
1: I love the March As
0: soon as this is done, I'm going to Google Groucho.
2: Yeah. I, I uh, need to know. I'll look them up I for the people that are furious as well.
0: But when it, when it comes to that, though, when it comes to like, y- you know, you were talking about polarization. Mm. Here's a rule. Don't worship people or follow people or blindly listen to one side or the other, this person, people are all fallible, they're all self-interested, they all want what's good for them, not because they're bad, because they're human, Mm -hmm. like that's what humans do, follow ideas, you know what I mean, your values, what you believe, if you do that, you don't find yourself blindly marching in a right, left, this side, that side, you, me, It's, it's like a buffet, you pick the things that are important to you, that make sense, that align with your values, you don't have to absolutely love or hate what someone says, and in fact, if you do, you got to look in the mirror and understand your biases. You can't love everything someone says or despise Mm -hmm. everything someone says, you know, um, that just means you're not thinking.
1: Yeah. If you're a CEO or leading a company or want to run for any major leadership role, um, the great ones, the great leaders of all time. And there's been some great ones, you know, you know, Ron Reagan, Barack Obama, uh, you know, there's a lot and I don't want to get into politics, but they can argue both sides of an argument as good as the other side. Yeah, yep. Like the great leaders, and that's the best person for a job. They can argue both sides. They're intelligent enough or at least have access to intelligence enough and and, 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 and wisdom to say, I can see exactly where you're going here, the empathy, um, but you also got to consider these points. And that's the, that's the challenge of leadership. And this is... You know, yeah. This book is, is about, it's about that being brave and cour- courageous such so that you're, you don't leave information in the tank. If someone needs to know something, you give it to them, and you got to frame it correctly so life doesn't explode in your face and you get progress. Yeah. Like if someone's under- underperforming or there's some really bad news, there's going to be a lot of really bad emergency meetings coming up in the next 60 days. Companies are going to have emergency meetings, and everybody is going to go crazy before they get on the phone. Right. Are they shutting down? Are they pulling the product? Am I going to lose my job? Like, what's going to happen? It's not going to be a lot of good ones. Yeah. Then i got to say, oh, my God, we've had record earnings. Like, there, our economy was off 5% last quarter. In a quarter, down 5%. That's like two years of progress down the pipe. So what's, what's the leader do? What's the daring leadership versus the armored leadership that she talks about? What does that leader do? Right? And there's a lot about that. It's point counterpoint. Yeah. It's hard to observe it because you got, you know, being a leader is difficult. Great question for you guys
2: as leaders. From Bernie, it says, One of the lessons to be a bold leader is to be vulnerable. Would you say that this is something you've incorporated into your current business in the way you relay your core message through the audience of Books to Business podcast? Mm-hmm. Would you say that is something you've incorporated in your current business? Being vulnerable, vulnerability in certain aspects. I I think it's something we can be better at. Of course, dude. dude, This live stream is a perfect example. We incorporated this. None of us have really all done it together. Um, It's a brand new audience for all of us, and we're going live. So that's a pretty vulnerable thing to do.
1: I'm live on Facebook right now. My mother's watching. He's double vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted people who who I grew up with to know and see kind of what the deal is because it's. I'd love to tell them, but Facebook won't let me tell everybody. Like, yeah. I put a post and they'll show it to three people. Got to pay to play on Facebook. Right, right. Actually, I mean, they, I don't even know how to do it, but being vulnerable is trying things that you're not sure will work, you know, doing saying things that you might get made fun of and, and will make you feel awful. Making someone else feel awful, that's also vulnerable. Wow.
0: You know what's funny? What? I, did, I forgot that putting yourself out there is vulnerability Like, because we I'm just so used to that as are you and Steve. We, I was going to say we
2: talked about it like every day it's like when we do a YouTube video it's like is it the algorithm or did the video suck? That's vulnerable <laughs> right there. It's like, right. You think about it every video th- but that's so like normal to us now to just be like it sucks like right away. <laughs> <laughs> do you see? Did you see should- the,
1: we did a video a team picture for the 12 week year just now. Right. We did a picture I bought three of these books I know Brian he's a friend of mine and I really want to do a great job with this book because I know it can help a lot of people because we give a lot of great inspirational ideas, but very few execution ideas. This is a really good execution book. And we took a picture, and I think I had some kind of look on my face. We took three pictures. I go... <laughs> blinking well,
2: in one or something. Yeah, I was
1: blinking, and then I had like a weird snarl. And <laughs> I was like, I don't like my face. And you said, that's how it always looks. <laughs> yeah. You said, why does my face look like that? I was like, surprise.
0: That's what your face and looks another,
1: like. Another thing I didn't realize is that I don't know why, but what I'm thinking, my mouth is open. So <laughs> I like Steve. Ca- what do you call that? Catching, catching that flies. Was his, that was his own term. <laughs> catching flies. I don't know. My mouth's kind of open. So Steve been taking like these paparazzi shots of me all over the place with my mouth open. Ed got you on that one. Though. <laughs> oh, is that yours? Oh, oh, I, that was, I was in the picture. I'll just add you to who I'm gonna get back. Cause that's all yeah. I do. Is like night and day. I just think about ways to get people back. Yeah. <laughs> and and just, remember, just probably like not healthy. Out the that's not healthy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> there's ways yeah. to the anti, anti-vulnerability uh what else uh, what else we got for questions we
0: must have a few there's one on on instagram that's a little bit different and i haven't yeah. checked in the past half hour but uh on depression and coming out of depression yeah. um which i you know it always makes me nervous to answer because i'm not a doctor uh, you know but i can give my my thoughts on that. Okay,
1: I love it. I love the I love topic. You. I'm a contra- I got it. Yeah, this I, is your, your M.O. I
0: mean, you I mean, I don't know. MO. I'm just I yeah. have a
1: theory only
0: a theory. Oh, okay, yeah, right. go ahead. Tell me. Well, I would just like this is a look in the mirror type thing. You know, two things connection and building momentum. Is what I would. So like I would want to connect with people that make me happy that I care about as much as I can, um, you know, because I've had states of depression. I mean, I've been in not like, clinically. That I know of, but I, you know, I've been in bad places, and so usually talking to my family and people I love and care about always lift me right out of that. Um, and then creating little wins for myself, you know, to to feel good and feel mm. like you're you're climbing and accomplishing. Um, so setting little benchmarks that you know throughout the day you can conquer and just just feel good. You know, slowly start to change your your mental state.
1: I. All I've read a lot about it. I thought I actually bought an addiction center, I owned one for a little while, so I learned a lot about depression. Like in 99.9999%, pretty much all addiction, the baseline, what's included in it at all times is always depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. which is some form of of loss of connection. And you know, there's lots of ways to treat it, and I'm not a doctor either, nor do I want to be, but I do have a theory. My theory is because um, it's one of the ways I suffered from all that stuff, anxiety, depression, panic attacks. Um, it was mostly, be, it, it got worse as I got more unhealthy. It got worse as I stopped having closer relationships with fewer people instead of lots of relationships with surface level people. Mm-hmm. I was spread so thin uh, and I stopped moving. So we're reading that book, Evolutionary Psychology and the uh, story of the human body by da- da- Daniel Lieberman talks about, you know, what we, we used to walk like sixteen miles per day. We ate food that was recently killed or currently alive, and we had fewer relationships. And you know, depression is a relatively new, you know, now we eat crappy food, processed food, we don't move at all, and we have lots of different surface level relationships. Right. So, I mean, depression is relatively new. I mean, certainly like crazy. So, my point is bit, you know, if you want to try something. Try you know getting you know at a little bit at a time, creating momentum, getting more healthy, you know having good conversations with fewer people and moving.
0: What do you mean um, with fewer people? Well, it, we've evolved.
1: We weren't we weren't running around with millions of people. We were we were hunter gatherers and uh, foragers. So we used to eat a variety of food mm. that was alive, and we used to move all day with a few people, like less than 40. So more stronger relationships. Yeah, like a community, sense of community, right. healthy eating and moving. I mean, that's, that's a good start. Whatever else goes on top of it, you know, ideally not medication unless it's needed, the last resort, in my opinion. I don't know this isn't a, a show about depression, but let me switch gears.
0: Do it. Do it up.
1: Uh, my friend Gino asked me who the greatest leader I ever met was.
2: Yeah. Ooh. I was going to ask. Huh? I was going to ask if you've had any inspiring leaders in your lives anybody that made an impact
1: you're up Sorry. i need a second all
0: right man i don't know
1: either. i met donald trump before yeah yeah i think he's a good i think he's a good leader um i mean it's a little polar little polarity i'm not a trumper by say but uh who else have i met i was with charlie munger and warren buffett and the uh, berkshire hathaway thing that was pretty cool
2: what about somebody that i met, you I, met, haven't uh, met? Uh, I met david ortiz
1: yeah, <laughs> I love big poppy.
2: anybody you haven't met that would have made like a great leader you would have loved to learn from or be led by
1: Lincoln Abe Lincoln whoa because he's Abe, tall Abe Lincoln ah, he's, he had the courage you know he had the courage to stand up you know his his message was bigger than bigger than his ego I mean he Ooh. he went he ran against a, a very unpopular card and very likely would have lost could have lost the war I mean imagine what went through Lincoln's head. Who would you like to meet?
0: Um, I, you know, I'd probably go along the same lines, and this may just be because I read his biography a few months ago. But one of the most courageous leaders I've come across historically is George Washington, because he's one of the few. You know, power inherently corrupts, and he's one of the few people that, no matter where he was, whether he was leading, you know, his army, um, you know, or Um, you know, the uh, Continental Congress, President of the United States, like it was never about him. And it was always about deflecting the attention. And I just find that like so admirable because it's so rare, especially Mm -hmm. in 2020, where like attention is currency. And I'm just, it just seems insane that someone would would truly want what's best for the country. I mean, obviously he had his own ego, but he was able to repress it. And, um, yeah, so anyway, I, I greatly admire him. And obviously, they're just, we reap the, the benefit yeah, now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because there were a lot of times when if he, he did things a little bit differently, we take a different path.
1: Yeah, i about an hour into the Rockefeller book. I'm not sure he was a great leader. I don't know much about him. Right now, I'm still in his childhood. Uh, of course, Martin Luther King. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I met. I have met a lot over the years. Oh, I met, uh, I met both President Bush's. In fact, the night um, after Osama bin Laden was killed, our speaker for our conference was a private meeting with President Bush, W. Oh, really? So he had, yeah, he was talking about his book, um, which was called, I forget, um, his first book.
0: Is it the memoir? No, I, I think he, I have
1: he that. He called it something. Well, uh, well, who wrote it? Bush, it? but W. Oh, but W. But he he sat there and took. he put the book aside he, and he talked about how... Know why was this such a big deal to him? He said the guy tried to kill my father. Right? He said it was a big deal. Decision like, points. Yeah, it was decision points. Yeah, talks. About, he talks about his alcoholism and, and uh, getting off of alcohol. Uh, I think he was a great leader. I think he's starting. People are starting to realize how good a human being he was. How exactly. smart a guy he was. Vulnerable. I loved him. There's an amazing, amazing
0: part of that book when he's in the hospital and someone in Iraq. Was injured, seriously injured. And he's going, he's visiting person to person. And his wife, it was either his mother or his wife, comes up and just screaming at him. And he just he, he just sits there and he takes it. And whoever he was with, um, you know, mentioned the helicopter's taking off to do that. And there's like a single tear going down his cheek. And yeah. uh, he's like, just so humble. And it, I, I don't know. It was really, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I read that like a decade ago. What book was oh, it? Decision, oh,
1: decision it's decision it's it's that? Decision Decision Point. That was the day he was doing his book tour, and we, we were talking with him that day. Yeah. And we also we also had a similar meeting with his father uh, the day right after he got uh, bounced out of office. Yeah. Because he jumped out of an airplane at 80 or something, and his wife said, Boy, that's the fastest you've ever fallen, except for the time you fell out of favor as president. <laughs> 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 that was the joke he opened up with. I'll never forget the joke because Barbara Bush is cool. Yeah, she's a cool lady. These are all leadership, you know, leader, you know, if you love them more when they're vulnerable. And Brené Brown's, you know, talk about vulnerability and shame and guilt is all about being a little more transparent, being a little more human. Yeah. And you know, if you are, you'll connect better, you'll be more human for people and people will connect with you. And the less you are, the more likely it is they'll make fun of you, you know, when you're not looking. <laughs>
0: Oh man. What do you think? Almost wrap up time. Yeah, we Stevie? got five minutes left. Um, one
2: thing that was just interesting. That's a different book, the compound effect, since we're speaking of values. Um, if you Google uh, compound effect values chart or, or quiz, it comes up with this really great thing. That's a really great way to find your values. Uh, so you can learn about yourself, and I did this with a couple of friends. It's really interesting. So for you guys, since you talked about your leaders, I was thinking, well, who's a person you respect most in life, and what are their core values? Because a lot of times they align with your own. And you go through the sheet. It's like, who is my best friend? What are their top three qualities? If you could have one more quality instantly, what would it be? And it all, if you go through the sheet, you'll see like a common theme of what your values are.
0: Oh, that's really cool. So what and do you like about?
2: Huh? You, you just I googled. Um, uh, core values assessment, compound effect, and there's like the second one. But it's pretty easy to find. It's in the compound effect book if you have that book It's at the end.
1: You have a... Remember I was going through this. I was going through a, what's called a precision purpose statement with my coach this week. I've kind of all over the place. And he, he gave me the clue. He said, listen, pretend you're a lion, right? And what a lion does when they see a group, like a herd, they want to they eat them all, but they're smart enough not to. They're smart enough to study the group and they study it for sometimes an hour. They'll just sit there while they eat, and they study it, and they identify what they want to do out Mm -hmm. of the whole herd. And they'll pounce on the herd. The herd will break away, and and a couple will break away from the pack for some reason, and the lion will go after that. And he says, that's got to be your purpose to help those break away because you can't help everybody right so it's called a precision purpose statement it goes like this it says um, you know you know my my purpose statement is I want to inspire um, highly ambitious people it's very important I want to help highly ambitious I want to inspire highly ambitious people to recreate themselves right their brain body and their business so that they have the tools and the knowledge to be better than they ever thought was possible, so they can be more healthy, happy, and successful.
0: That's really good. Did you write that out, or you just? I wrote it out this yeah. week. Yeah,
1: and and that's kind of what I want to spend my life doing. And I do that through this podcast. I do it through writing by my own books, through consulting. And if it falls into that category, helping ambitious people recreate themselves or inspiring people, that's a good way to live, in my opinion. Right. That's kind of a cool exercise. So if you don't know it. Think about the line like i can't help everybody i can help i work best with people that are ambitious yeah because they implement yeah and yeah i think i don't know i just like that because i that's the way i you know i can't save everyone because they don't all listen anyway Mm -hmm. like i I don't have that influence but i can help highly ambitious people do better and i can help someone who's a an eight get to a ten better than i can help someone who's a zero to get to one i see and Because if I help 100 people get from eight to ten, they can help the zero to ones better, probably. Yeah,
0: I think I may be at the other end of that spectrum.
1: Yeah, you you like helping
0: people that are stagnant.
1: You are. You're. Um, you know, (coughs) go from zero to
0: one. You know, see things a little bit differently.
1: Your yeah, because you can you your your market's everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and it works. Usually, usually
0: that's a that's a death sentence in business. But yeah, I mean, it's it's such a, a a universal. Topic, you know, concept.
1: Sixty-five million views. I mean, people are listening. You're, we, you had a person that, that was going to kill themselves, write a letter into you the other day. Yeah, you saved his life. Yeah, that's cool.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it's
1: amazing. There's people that need to do that in the world that have the skills that you have, and they and they do a great job with that. Like I'm not capable of of, of reaching that audience in a mass. You know, I don't have the uh, social bandwidth at this point. So I'm going to get stronger doing this.
0: Hundred percent for a little
1: while. Yeah, I like it. Gives me some direction. Otherwise, I'll be everywhere.
2: All right. You want to let them know what's going to be on the next week's podcast? You only got two minutes.
1: Two minutes left. We're going to be doing The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran. Always, oh, these cameras are moving all over the place. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, get a and Get more done in 12 weeks than others can do in, in, in 12 months. Uh, turning 12 weeks into a year. Like it's the old um, annual uh, resolution. But you know, you want to lose X number of pounds. You want to make X number of dollars. You want to do all this, and sooner or later, you know, you don't think about it until the year's winding up in December. This this makes you have that conversation with yourself four times in a year. Yeah, very very effective. Three or four.
2: <laughs> Three. Uh, did he say it? I missed it. Uh, no, he didn't. Oh, okay.
1: I, I had to inject one in. I we, I we were. We didn't have one this time. Uh, all right, great so, book though. Yeah, looking forward to it. Email your questions, and if. Uh, if you feel inclined, share the invitation to this. It's a very good way to uh, connect with these books. If you've gone through all three of these, you're three out of 52. If you read 52, you read more than the average CEO mm. who reads 48.
0: A bunch of CEOs in this chat. Why not? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, thanks. All right, take care, guys. Take care.